LMI, welcome to part two of this interview with Dr. Greg Liston as we continue discussing the unique form of community Jesus has for the church, what I call cross-shaped community, and Greg calls Kingdom Come. So Greg, in chapter five of Kingdom Come, you say it outlines how the Spirit is gradually and continuously transforming the church into the image of the kingdom through the interplay of imagination, presence, and practice. So what do you mean by that? <laughs> this is a good question. So the fundamental question is the Spirit is working, right? And the Spirit is bringing the future back to us. Now the question we have to ask ourselves is, how do we participate in that? How do we lean into that? Yeah. To use one of my favorite pastors' <laughs> you, you phrases, you know, how do we how do we become part and to you know work together with the spirit to be able to make that happen? Yeah. And so uh, when I was thinking about it and trying to explore in scriptures how these happen, uh, it seems to me there were three key components of it. The first one is imagination. We want our imagination to be soaked with this idea of um, the future is going to be like this. And so rather than being, what is it, you know, they talk about having your your, your mind consumed by the, the, the by and by, you know, this person who's so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly use. Yeah. I just want to say that's, that's our utter rubbish. You know, <laughs> we want our minds to be consumed with what heaven is and what heaven is going to be like so that we have this dream of I am that kind of person. I'm a kingdom person. I'm a I'm a person of you know of life, of truth, of love, of hope. I'm I'm that kind of person, and I and I long to be part of that community. That's first. The first part yeah. is imagination. Yeah. The second part is practice. I want to do things now that help me practice to be that kind of person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this is probably where your stuff comes yeah. in really yeah. well in terms of you know I want to learn how to treat people in a way that's going to be like what it's going to be like in the kingdom and um as i do that there's going to be times when i do it really well and i'm going to think yes i'm growing and this is fantastic and there's going to be times when i do it really really awful and they're also going to help me because then they um, motivate me through the spirit to say hey something to be able to work on something to be able to grow on and even in our church lives and i think particularly in our church lives you know as we as we come together and we rub up against each other this we see our our coming together as church as practicing for what the kingdom is going to be like so we're listening to sermons why because we want to learn how to listen to the voice of god you know what we we sing and we worship together why do we do that because we're practicing for the coming community kingdom where we're going to worship all day and every day it's going to be awesome and so all of this is practice you know so we're doing these things in order to practice so imagination practice and the last one is presence is that i think for all of our effort it doesn't make any difference if the presence of the Spirit and the presence of the King, Jesus, is actually there. That actually enables transformation. So it's the recognition of the presence and the ability to, um, I guess, lean into that presence. So that's the hardest one and the most wishy-washy one to be able to define, but it's the, probably the most important. That it's actually the genuine presence of the Spirit that enables actual transformation. Yes. Yeah. So it seemed to me it was the interplay of those three things, imagination, presence, and practice, that sort of transforms us towards the community that we're heading towards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? It, it does. I mean, you, you've already kind of touched on some examples, but I know in your book you've got some, some very specific examples of how 
this has worked out. Do you want right. to give us? Yeah, sure. I mean, there are lots and lots of examples. And so yeah. in the book particularly, I look through the whole, whole um, you know, epistle, Paul's first epistle to yeah. the Corinthians and explain how the whole whole of that is actually an example of this. But, um, but probably the best example is um, communion or yeah. taking the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And so when we do that, we should see um, those three things at play, imagination, presence, and practice. So imagination, what we're doing when we're taking communion, among other things, but what we're doing when we're taking communion is imagining this future that's coming, which yeah. we're going to be together with Christ at his wedding banquet. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be this extraordinary time. And what we're doing, we're getting like a foretaste. It talks about this foretaste for, of this wonderful thing that happened. So if our minds aren't filled as we're taking communion with this foretaste, this 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 idea of what it's going to be like in the future, we're sort of missing the point a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So that'd be the first point. Fill our minds when we're taking communion of this future banquet, this incredible thing that's going to happen. Um, secondly, we um, we practice. So I mean, this is what they talk about. Communion is a is a practice that the church goes about. But what we want to do when we take communion is to actually practice that. So what is that future banquet going to be like? Well, I hope that it's a time of both incredible solemnity, do you know what I mean? But also incredible joy. Um, Sometimes I think with our communions, Ken, we're we're really good at the solemnity and we kind of miss out on the joy, which is a bit sad, do you know what I mean? So I wonder, the other thing about communion, wedding banquets, is they're times of deep relationship. Mm. And what we've done is we've we've got these little, you know, little... um, goblets of, of, of drink and little pieces of bread and we say that that's communion but that's nothing like what it's going to yeah. be in the future and so I think perhaps we could think about how we go about doing these practices so that we're, what we're actually doing is actually practicing for what it's going to be like I want to yeah. practice for this future wedding celebration so when I'm getting there so when I get there I can enjoy it and love it and be part of it as much as I can and then the third point is the presence, this whole idea that when we take the bread, when we take the, 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 the cup, that Jesus is there in the midst of that. Yeah. And obviously there's been lots of debates over that over the years with regard to um, you know, exactly how Christ is in the bread and how Christ is in the cup. And I, I mean, in, in the book, I talk about all of those different debates and then say, I think most, mostly they're irrelevant. The key <laughs> point is not how he's in the cup or how he's in the bread, that really the, the key issue is that he is in the cup yeah. and he is yeah. in the bread. However that happens, that he's actually there and he's actually transforming us through it. So I think communion as you know, the center of the, life, uh, the church's life and worship is a fantastic example of exactly what we're talking about here, imaginations, presence and practice. And you could go through and do that about everything. You could talk about the sermon, you could talk about the singing, you could talk about home groups and life groups, you could yeah. talk about the bit before church, the bit before, after church, you could talk about Wednesday home groups, you could talk about what you do all all of it is you know bringing these three things together imagination presence and practice that yeah. this life is like um this is the gym do you know what i mean which trains us for the rugby ground which is coming when we yes. actually get to play the game yeah. or if you're not a rugby player then this is the green room you know where we practice yeah. our scales and um you know do our our, our training so that eventually we're going to go out into the concert hall and play mm-hmm. and jesus the conductor is going to walk out what we're doing now is preparing for that and we yeah. prepare for that through imagination presence and practice yeah does that make yeah. sense uh, yeah no that's, that's great great yeah. that, that's a, a real helpful way and I, I think certainly adds a lot of depth to what we do but for instance you know when we take communion in church and these other other parts of of church. So how does it match up with your stuff? Yeah, well, you've I, I haven't thought of it in terms of the, the, the ceremonies we, we practice in church, but I, it's really helpful because I think, you know, 
as a pastor, it'll help me <laughs> practice those ceremonies um, more deliberately with those those three aspects in mind. Where, where I've probably concentrated more is the you know the, the pragmatics of, of daily life, mm. which I think also prepares us and mm. gives us a glimpse of, or hopefully gives us a glimpse of the kingdom come. And for example, I, I think where that's probably perhaps best seen is, is when we, with the Spirit's help, work to transform a situation. So whatever that may be, whether it's a an argument that's going on between two individuals or you know somebody's really struggling in life through poverty or injustice or something, mm-hmm. and we we work to, to bring a transformation, to bring a reversal of that situation, which which we can't do by ourselves. We mm. need God's help in it. Mm. But as even if it's just a little incremental change that's happened, it's a change that reflects the, the coming kingdom of, of heaven on earth. And um, so we catch this, this glimpse of it as we work towards the kingdom, but in the here and now. Nice. Um, yeah. It's like, a, I, I like to use it for in movie terms of a preview nice. of the coming kingdom of heaven. Lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we can see that you know, with our own very, very own eyes, and, mm. and others can see it too. And hopefully, too, the watching world sees those little transformations. So nice. it becomes, you know, it points to the coming kingdom, it points to Jesus mm. who is coming, who is real, mm. but it's doing so in, in quite practical kind of ways of, of these reversals, these transformations that happen hopefully on a daily basis, even in very mundane things, but also on larger scale conflicts and, and situations of injustice that, that we, we, may, we might want to get involved in and, and, and work towards. Yeah, yeah, lovely. No, that's really nice. I, I, I like the way, that, um, the way that you talk about it. It, it spans from the smallest, um, you know, the, the argument that you had with your wife in the yeah. morning on the way coming to work. I didn't. Yeah. It would be an unusual day when I didn't have one of those. But still, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, yeah. through to, um, you know, church splits or, you know, yeah. something way yeah. on the other side yeah. of, you know, or, or, you know, world wars or those kinds yeah. of things as yeah. well. So it's actually, yeah. it's something, this is, this is where I, this is why I like the fractal language, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sort of, yeah. so it, it comes the, the same kind of patterns, death, resurrection, um, you know, self-giving, um, yeah. self-giving love, um, a reversal of power, those kinds of things that, that, that those things exist in the smallest parts of life all the way through to the biggest parts of life. And they exist in church practices, but they also exist in, you know, the bits before church and the bits after church and the bits, um, uh, you know, the, the bits that, the bits that um, you, you, you do on your way home, the bits yeah. in your family, wh- yeah. whatever it is, that all of those things, they, they fit together and all of them are means that the Spirit uses to transform us into what it is that we're heading towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Greg, what I'm going to be doing beyond this is is interviewing some pastors, mm. church leaders who have been involved in this very divisive issue of the vaccine mandates, the impact upon church, the requirement to decide whether or not to use vaccine passes, mm. which are, which has been very difficult for for I think pretty much every church in New Critical Zealand. Yeah. So how might an understanding of of cruciform cross shaped community help the church overcome such challenges, do you think, Greg? Yeah, that's, a, that's such a good question, but that is not a small question, yeah, is it? Um, yeah. So I think uh, just some ideas um, to, to get us going. Firstly, I, I, I actually think this is the answer um, that, uh, well, let's go back a bit. I think that um, one thing we can do is we could look at the challenges that the church has faced over the last little while and say, 
oh, that sucked, that's awful, yeah. and do our very best to you know, sweep them up and put them under the carpet and try and ignore them as much as possible. Mm. I honestly think that that's a mistake. Yeah. And I think that this very, very difficult time that we've been through, and I, jeepers, I acknowledge so much. I've watched some pastor friends of mine go through it and think, jeepers, that, that has just been so difficult. Both yeah. the exhaustion of having to deal with changing plans every, but then also having groups in your church some that are saying well you should be acting this way and others saying that you should be acting this way Mm -hmm. and then you trying to find a a middle ground between them it's incredibly incredibly Mm -hmm. challenging but what we get to do is we either get to embrace and lean into that challenge or lean away from it Mm -hmm. and i think what i'm trying to say and i think what um what you'd be trying to say as well from your you know christ-like conflict and the cross-shaped community and cruciform lives yeah. kind of themes that you're talking about is that actually what we need to do is to rather than leaning away from them we need to lean into them yes and to say how is the spirit using these very very difficult circumstances that we've been given to enable us to be able to grow and develop how can we use this so that we can love people who are different from us yeah how can yeah. we do this so that we can work together with people who love Jesus like we do, but see the world in very different terms from the way that we do. Yeah. How do we understand what unity and diversity actually means in a much better way? Because the future kingdom is going to have people who are way more different from us than simply someone who opposes vaccine mandates or someone who supports vaccine yeah. mandates. Yeah. Um, they're going to be much more different than that. So this is training for mm. what the future kingdom is going to be like. And so I think the point, and this is why what the podcast you're doing is so wonderful, is leaning into it rather than leaning away from it is the, is the posture that we need to be able to adopt. And um, that hurts. Yeah. Because um, I kind of think we're all a bit tired and we're all um, just wanting it to be over and <laughs> go back to the way things were, even though the way things were weren't exactly perfect. But... Um, but uh, I, I think what we have to do is we have to, you know, imagination, presence, and mm. practice. Firstly, trust in the presence of God. You know, I don't have the energy to do this, God, but Jesus, you live in me. Give me what I need to be able to do, to be able to lean into this and grow into it. You know, practice. I'm not going to get this right the first time. I'm going to struggle as I go and try and engage with these people who are different from me or, you know, try and get these two vastly different groups of my congregation together so that they can actually understand each other um how do i how do i do that um i'm not going to get it right the first Mm. time i'm probably not going to get it right the second time neither are they and you know what i mean and that's okay because that's what practice is you know if you make a make if you make a mistake in your maths um while you're practicing it doesn't matter it's the exam that matters and the exam is still coming Mm. but then this imagination do you know what i mean fill fill your head with this future kingdom where it's full of life and truth and love and hope and say that's that's what i'm working towards and allow that to be able to motivate you and point you in the direction that you want to go and allow that to be able to give you the energy and enthusiasm to keep going even when things become difficult they're the kinds of things i think that pastors could and perhaps should i'm not a pastor now so i shouldn't say should (laughs) but that's that's what i'd be encouraging and pointing them towards and um i hope we I know I talk to some people who go through very, very difficult circumstances, you know, like cancer or losing a baby or those kinds of things. And, um, you know, your first response is always, that's so hard, that's difficult. Mm. 
um, you know, you've, you've gone through incredibly difficult circumstances and I really, really feel for you. And then the second point, do you know what I mean, probably which comes six or mm. seven weeks after the first mm. point is don't waste it. You mm. know, this has been really, really hard. Don't waste it. Use it to be able to grow. Use it to be able mm. to become everything that God wants you to be. And maybe that's the that's yeah. the right response yeah. to people who are going through these challenges or pastors are going through responses. Firstly, yeah. that's been really hard. Yeah. And I'm so sorry that you've had to go through mm. this and it's been really, really difficult. And second point that comes six or seven weeks after <laughs> the first point, don't waste it. You know, yeah. Don't waste it in your congregations. Don't waste it in your life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, Greg. That's been been awesome. Some wonderful insights into cross shaped community, into the kingdom come. And uh, I can't wait to read the book coming out in August. Um, be looking out for that. I presume you can get it through all the usual means. Yes, yes. Um, it's coming out with TNT Clark. So uh, yeah. I will say it's an academic book. Yeah. So um, yeah. it's. I'm sure most pastors would be able to cope with that, no problems at all. Yeah. And it tries to be as practical as it possibly yeah. can be, but it, it does use some big language. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'm really proud of it, Ken, and I'm <laughs> looking forward to it coming out. Yeah, well, Namihi, Greg, really appreciate your time. Thanks heaps. Okay. Join me for the next Cross-Shaped Community podcast when I'll be interviewing Pastor Steve Worsley of Mount Albert Baptist Church to hear how his church went about keeping community when their unity was severely tested by the 2021 vaccine mandates, requiring New Zealand churches all over the country to determine who and how many could attend church based on their COVID-19 vaccination status. My name is Ken Kite, and we've been exploring cross-shaped community, the unique form of Christian community that flourishes during testing times. <laughs>